So let's be real. Home is the place where all of the beautiful goodness Christ taught crashes headfirst into the ugly brick wall that is real life. But this is also where it starts to really matter. This is where we equip ourselves and our family with all of the tools, skills, and whatchamacallits vital to succeed in Christ. Join us in our journey to find light, positivity, and specific practical ways to make our homes little outposts of heaven so we can better brighten wherever we end up wandering. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Outpost of Heaven, the podcast. How's it going? I'm Emily here with my hubby, Andrew. Hi guys. And today we're really excited to welcome... not just guys. Yes. Not a guy-girl thing. All people thing. (laughs) Yes. Okay, so today we're happy to welcome Haley Weller. Um, She is a future family therapist specializing in sexuality. Yes. Hi, guys. (laughs) (laughs) Um, We're really happy to have you. Haley is my good friend, and um, she's super bubbly and super upbeat, and I know she's going to rock this topic today because she is very straightforward, and she's really willing to tell it how it is. So that's something that I really like about her. Um, Today, we are going to be talking about a topic that some people think is taboo, some people think is too sacred to talk about, some people think is inappropriate to talk about, but we're here to talk about it and tell how it is. We're talking about sexuality. And it's somewhere in the, we think it's somewhere in the middle of all of those things. It yeah. is. There, there it, are bits and pieces just depending on how you right. use it, how you use the word. Yep. And we talk a little bit about how God sees sexuality and like how it kind of fits into, I don't know, to God's plan. Mm-hmm. Also, also, I want to say that I really wish we had video for this one, for this episode, because Emily is going to blush nonstop. Oh, probably. So I'm, I'm, okay. I'm a little bummed that we don't have, we don't have a, <laughs> a video for this, but... Yeah, but let's, let's jump into our Pobody's Nerfect, our fail segment that we like to share before we do our topics, before okay. we dive into the episode. All right, Haley, do you want us to embarrass ourselves first, or do you want to go? You guys go first. Okay. <laughs> I'll go second. All right. What is ours again? Oh, yeah. <laughs> So this this story comes back long long Talking about time sexuality. ago um, when we were first dating. Um, we were engaged. Were we engaged? Yeah, yeah we, we were engaged. engaged. We were engaged, uh, and I forget where we were. I think we, we were, were at, at my your grandparents' grandma's house. house, and we were just like sitting on the ground talking, like sitting cross legged in front of each other talking. Yeah, kind of like you know, mushy mushy. Yeah, I and, love you. No, I love you. And like we. You're cute. No, you're cuter. Yeah, that kind of fun <laughs> stuff. And and I like, I leaned forward and I, and I kissed her and I said, "I love you." And I was it trying was like to, the most sincere thing. Yeah, in the world. I was like trying to make it super super sincere. Sounds really sweet. And all of a sudden, I farted. <laughs> and it was the first time I had farted in front of Emily. The very first time he had farted in front of me, and I just like but it was. It wasn't even like a good like manly fart. It was like like a little <laughs> tiny like Peter no Pan way. or little girl <laughs> fart. It's like a little high-pitched little toot thing. Yeah, it was more of a toot. A toot. Yeah, that's that's the only word to describe it. And I was farts are more mortified. A toot is a toot. Yeah, I feel like toot's like a little more girly. Or... Yeah. You want to recreate that? I don't know if I can. <laughs> we were practicing in the car yesterday. It was like a, a good, solid, like... <laughs> no, it was like a little more high-pitched. I... Like... <laughs> no, I can't do it. Okay, stop. I'm sorry, I can't do it. But it was something I, like that. It was very high pitched, and Emily died. I think that like bathroom humor is hilarious, and I just die. So oh, I awful. didn't even really acknowledge that he said I love you. I was just like embarrassing him because I just poked yeah. at him. We're talking about sex and farts in one podcast. My Indeed. grandma is not going to make Ooh. it through this. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Haley. Okay. 
I don't know if mine can like top that, but I think it can rival that. <laughs> so in the ninth grade, I... Everyone's best year. Everyone's best, best year. And mine was like still in middle school because that's like oh, how it worked like in Utah. Oh, like a junior okay. high time. Yeah, I did four years of middle school because in Idaho, I lived in sixth grade, which was middle school. And then I moved here for oh. the last three years. Wow. So I really suffered. That's a really long time. Really suffered. Why yeah. would they do that? I know. <laughs> but I was in this dance class and we were preparing for a recital. And this cute boy walked in, this guy that I had been crushing on for forever. <laughs> and he walked in and I wanted to impress him. So I did the hardest part of the dance. It was right before the recital. So I did this split kick and I did it with so much force that my leg on the ground flew up and I flew and I landed on my hips and I broke my hip. Oh my God. Wow. At the age of 15, I broke my hip. You old lady. <laughs> I know. It was terrible. And I was, was so he embarrassed. He did call afterwards to see okay. if I was okay. Which was like That's almost a win. a win. It was almost a win oh, because God. then he started dating the other girl that sat at our oh. table in our English Ooh. class. Sad. So almost. But he checked up on you. He did check up on That's me. Really so sweet. in that moment, I felt victorious and I felt like it was worth it. Worth the broken Was it like, was like a, a fracture or was it like a solid break? It was like a solid break. And it like was so bad. They didn't actually tell me I broke the right hip at the time. They told me... they. they didn't x-ray it. They uh-huh. told me it was the other hip. So then I developed severe bursitis in that hip because I was on crutches for the wrong hip. Oh and it was this gosh. long, terrible saga. How long does it take to recover from that? It was probably... I was probably about 19 when I started feeling like I didn't have as much bursitis and it was a lot of physical therapy. And Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So I don't know if this is a real thing, but do they put your like pelvic region in a cast? They didn't. They don't. Okay. They were like... You're okay enough because I had been, like, I even trained for basketball on this thing, okay? What? High pain tolerance. Yeah, I really? No, I broke my hip. So they did not put huh. me in a cast. They were just like, just be on crutches and you'll be fine and do physical therapy. Oh my goodness. So. That's crazy. Wow. Well, that's a good one. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let's just jump right into it. Okay, let's do it. Okay, so... Haley, when we asked you, this being like your area of expertise, we asked you to like send us kind of like your, your main points. And so the first one you sent us that you wanted to talk about was origins of Christian beliefs of sexuality, fear-based and abstinence metaphors. Yes. Okay. So let's this start there. So, so important. So a lot of us growing up in different religions, um, something that's taught a lot is chastity. Mm-hmm. Okay. And there's different ways that they talk to us to try and teach us to abstain from sex. And I truly believe that no one does it with the intention of doing harm. Everyone's trying to do good and help people save sex for marriage. Mm -hmm. But usually this comes down to people using two kinds of metaphors. So these fear-based and abstinence-based metaphors. Mm -hmm. So a (laughs) fear-based metaphor is one that invokes fear or anxiety in the people that um, someone's teaching to. So for example, um, say in a class... A leader holds up a plate, like a nice china plate, says, this is you, you know, like waiting for sex. And if you wait till marriage for sex, you'll be this beautiful plate. But the moment that you have sex, smash against the wall, you know, and it's like broken all over the plates. So like sometimes it's not that extreme, but there are instances like that. Like even saying, I think, oh, sorry. No, go for it. Even saying something like, um, like scaring youth into like guilt tripping them almost like your husband's not gonna love you he's gonna like be really offended or like you're not gonna get married because nobody's gonna want you kind of thing like exactly threats like that i I think the one i heard most was the chewing gum 
Yeah. Have you heard that one? Not like, from a leader, but I've heard that people have said that to other people. Yeah. I've but never, I never heard it. Like, I've actually never heard any of these directly, like any of these yeah. examples or metaphors directly. It's all wow. been like hearsay. What a blessing. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I was lucky. I've never really experienced those. I wonder if it's more of a woman thing that women are, women are getting talked to like this and not yeah. men. Yes. Yeah, I do think. Yeah. I personally think that it's a little bit more like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, because like traditionally, women have been seen as like the protectors of of chastity. Yes, and, and like of, they're responsible for their own, and like men can't help it or something. Which yeah, is not correct. Which is not principles. correct. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Like, that, that's kind of like been the traditional way to view it. Also, before we get too much farther into this, I do want to start out and say, like, just in case you're wondering, like. We do firmly believe that sex is supposed to take place between a man and a woman inside marriage. And so, like, right. we're talking about, like, fear-based metaphors um, about, like, abstinence. And we're not saying abstinence is wrong. We're saying, like, the use of fear. That was our child coughing. If you can hear that, that's <laughs> that what I'm saying. Like, the, the use of fear is wrong. At least that's what I'm yes, assuming you're going to say. Yeah, 100%. so the use of fear is wrong, but... Abstinence before marriage and complete fidelity in marriage is, we believe, the law of God. So, just in case you were wondering where we were standing and what we were trying to say, that's where we're going to, that's the, that's like the base, like, yeah, like the foundation. 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 Of there what we we're go. Teaching, yeah. Okay, so Thank moving you. on. Sorry, thank you for the clarification. Yeah. <laughs> no, just it get, was very much needed. Just in case someone's <laughs> getting on and not, doesn't really know what we're about. So, okay. Yes. So, fear based metaphors. Yes. We got them. Okay. So abstinence-based is when they're trying to teach, like, abstinence in a way, but they make it more like it's just a physical thing. Mm -hmm. So, for example, I had a really great church leader. I really love this church leader. But at the beginning of the year, he gave everyone a piece of chewing gum. Mm, So it's kind of different. And we had to tape it in our scriptures. And if we could keep it until the end of the year, we'd get a prize. Hmm. So what's that teaching? You know, it's like okay, once you get to that point, you know, like then it's worth it. It's making it seem like you know it's worth the wait. Uh-huh. Um, but it does. It makes it more like it's only a physical thing. That chastity is only physical. But we know that chastity is about your thoughts and your actions and having everything you do yeah. point to God. Mm-hmm. So it kind of takes that away, which can contribute to some of the ways people act about sexuality after marriage. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I I feel so bad for, um, maybe not bad, but I really sympathize with with um, you know church leaders or religious people in general who use these kind of uh, examples because largely they've learned them from the generation before them, mm-hmm. and they're just trying to they're trying they're sincerely they're the trying they to teach like a, yeah. a good principle, but like so. there's a lot of emotional baggage that I don't think that they realize comes along with that. Yes, Which, exactly. So, like, what are some of those results of so, all of that? there's two results, main results, that I like to think of from these metaphors, mm-hmm. and that is good girl syndrome, and then what I like to call the finish line mentality. So, good girl syndrome, we see more in people that have been taught these fear-based metaphors. So, like, you guys were saying, you know, girls typically are taught, okay, you have to be good, you know, you have to follow the rules... Um, you have to be the example, whereas boys stereotypically tend to get away with a lot more mm-hmm. of being crazy and adventurous. So what does ha- what happens is when couples get married, and I should clarify that good girl syndrome can also apply to men. It's common in both. Mm-hmm. Um, when people do get married that have this syndrome per se, 
and they don't want to engage in sexual acts with their partner because they do feel like it's bad and dirty, yeah. like it had kind of been taught to them. Or it makes them feel guilty for doing yeah. anything. Well, like, we yeah. were talking about this just the other day, actually, how like after we were married, it took a little while of us being married before we felt like, okay, like, this is purely good. Like, like having sex in marriage is a purely good thing. Mm-hmm. And like, it took us a while to get over like the inhibitions about doing it like thinking like oh this is wrong we're not supposed to be doing this because for so long you if you're trying to live like a chaste life before you're married or outside of marriage a lot of times it's just shut down sexual thoughts like shut down sexual thoughts like this is not appropriate i can't i can't i'm not supposed to be having this i'm not supposed Mm -hmm. to be watching this or reading this or having these conversations or doing this with this person um and so it it did take a little bit of time before we were like okay this is this is good like we, we knew it was good Right. But like, but there was no like gradual like getting into it. It's like you say I do, and then suddenly everything's like okay. Yeah. Everything mm-hmm. that you had been taught was not okay. Is like you should do this now. Yeah, but it's like there's, um, there's like, for lack of a better word, there's like an experience based testimony, and then there's like a knowledge based testimony. And so like I had the knowledge testimony, knowledge based testimony that mm-hmm. like sexual relations in Marriage is a good thing. Like, sex is a good thing in marriage. Um, and uh, But my experience-based testimony for so long had been, like, everything sexual is bad. Like, it's going to lead me to bad places. I'm not going to... I'm not going to be pure. I'm not going to have like the the spirit of God with me. And so it took a while to for the the experience-based testimony to like, catch up to the the knowledge-based testimony after we were married. Mm-hmm. Oh, for sure. It's almost like you go from, like, no, 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 like, no, you can't do all these things, to you get married, and then it's go, 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 you know? Like, you have to have those experiences and learn what sexuality is, because it really is, like, the most beautiful, fantastic thing, but we focus so much on the negative that it leads to things like good girl syndrome or uh, finish line mentality. So what is finish line mentality? Because I haven't heard that one before. Yeah, I kind of came up with that one on my own. Oh, okay. (laughs) But I think it's very prevalent. Trademark pending. So yeah. Trademark pending. <laughs> Don't steal it. Um, so finish line mentality, a lot of times when you're taught about, especially abstinence-based metaphors, you think, you know, once you do get married and you can't have sex, you've crossed the finish line. You're in the clear. You're good to go. You can do whatever you want. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, which can be dangerous, like, sexually, because um, that's treading on, like, sacred ground, especially with your partner, mm-hmm. and also just spiritually in general, because you let your guard down when you think you've crossed this finish line, mm-hmm. and you let other influences into your life that you wouldn't have beforehand, mm-hmm. but because you've let your guard down, you're like, oh, I'm good now, you're more willing to do things you wouldn't have done before. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so I think, I I feel like um, sex is something that is heavily taught as, like, this this big, huge thing that you have to be careful of. And so once you can do it and once it's okay, it's like everything else is fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so that can be really dangerous. I think I think the fear, like when I think about teaching our kids about sex mm-hmm. as they get a little bit older, um, is like you don't want to emphasize like how amazing it is early on because I don't want them to like want to experiment with it before right. the time is right. And so it's like a... I, I, don't, I have no idea where that balance is. Have you read any studies about, like, where that balance is? Yeah, okay, so 
things in general, um, John Gottman, he's a really amazing researcher in the field of marriage and family. He talks about how in marriages, um, you need to have five positive interactions for every one negative interaction you have. Okay. And it's important to have those same positive to negative interaction ratios when talking about sex. Okay. Um, because a lot of times in church and with parents and leaders, we normally hear about pornography. Mm-hmm. You know, we hear about breaking the law of chastity. We hear about these negative things. So we're thinking, oh, sex is like this negative, terrible thing. But if youth and children understand, one, how amazing our bodies are in general, because mm-hmm. that's a big thing that goes into sex is like those physical desires. Mm-hmm. So understanding your body's purposes, understanding God's purposes and how wonderful sex can be for that. Um, and even emotionally, how that can be, if they can understand that culminating goodness of what it can be after marriage, and mm-hmm. if you and your spouse are a good example of that and being open with it, then they're going to be open and come to you. Because kids that are afraid and think that sex is bad and dirty, or they just have to make it to a finish line, they're going to be embarrassed to talk to their parents about these things. And that's when they're going to start looking things up on their own, and they're not going to know how to control their sexual feelings because if you teach kids that like sexual feelings are a good thing because they are they come from God and you can teach them about and um, the thresholds and when they need to know to slow down because those feelings are accelerating too fast or they're getting too aroused if they can understand that then their testimony of sex is going to grow even before they have it and we all know from experience that googling sex questions is a really good Oh, good practice. <laughs> yeah. That was yeah. sarcasm. Yeah, I, I really like this idea of like the the five to one, um, but it also brings up the uh, the idea that if you want to address, you know, there are so many negative influences regarding sex in the world that we have to combat um, in oh, our own yeah. personal lives, not just in, like when we're teaching our kids. Um, but if we want to have enough, you know, good interactions about sex built up so we can address the bad interact or the bad or the have negative interactions about sex we need to be talking about sex kind of a lot right i mean because if there are so many bad things you need to be having five good things for every one bad thing you need to be it needs to be like a common subject it can't be something that you Mm -hmm. talk about you know where you just have like the one birds and the bees conversation and you never talk about it again like that's not that anymore like in this time where we're living and we're raising children it can't be a one talk and done. Like mm-hmm. it just can't. Yeah. I there people talk about sex in so many different ways and so many different things all the time and kids are gonna have more and more questions. Yeah. And if they don't feel like they can come to us openly, where are they gonna get their answers? Yeah. Even in school they're starting to talk about it younger. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean it's kind to of be scary. to be fair, like they kind of have to, especially for those people who don't have I mean, we can. That's a different debate about whether totally, you think like yeah. the the school, like the public system, education system, system should be involved in this. But the fact is that kids are being exposed to it at younger and younger ages. And if you think about it, like when was the last time you like watched a like non churchy entertainment thing, whether it's a video or, or a movie or you listen to a song, and it had nothing to do with like love or sexual relations or anything like that. Like non Disney, non non kid movie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like it, it's it's really pervasive, and so mm-hmm. like it, it is, it's so prevalent. You're right. Like we have to be actively engaged, and it needs to be something that it's not just like a passing topic. Like it needs to be one of those things that we really address because we all understand, and I think the scriptures make it pretty clear, like how important 
sex is and sexuality mm-hmm. and fidelity is. Uh, and so like, if it's so important to the Lord, like it needs to be something that we're talking about more, which is terrifying. Because I, I, I don't know how to do that Well, with you kids. know how I am with words anyways. Yeah. I mean, why are we even doing a podcast? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be fun. Mm. Yeah. yeah. No, we'll make it fun. It'll be good. So we've talked about the origins of, you know, Christian beliefs and sexuality and what that leads to. Um, and I think the most important thing to talk about now is the reality of how good sex is. Mm-hmm. Okay. So back to like now we're actually like the the five good interactions. Yeah, so we're, we're helping you good. figure out where in the world to come up with five positive interactions about it for every one negative interaction. So Yeah. Um I think one of my favorite quotes about sexuality is from a leader in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints, Jeffrey R. Holland. He once said about sex that you're more like you're not let's see, what is that? You're more like God. You're never more like God. Thank you. Voice, that's yeah. what it is, yes. You even know this quote. See, it's, yeah, a, it's good a good one. one. You're never more like God than when you are using this particular power of being able to procreate and to bond with your spouse through having sex. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. essentially what he said. Paraphrase. Right. Yeah. That's in a great book of souls, symbols, and sacraments by Jeffrey R. Holland. And his wife, I think, co-wrote that one. I think so. Yeah. I don't remember her name. Patricia. Okay. I was going to say Patricia, but I was nervous. So yeah, yes. Patricia Holland. <laughs> so we'll, we'll put that in, in the show notes as well. That's a really good book and I highly recommend it. Oh, it's fantastic to hear from a religious leader talking about how sacred and amazing and beautiful Mm -hmm. sex is, because it is, and I feel like we don't hear enough, Mm -hmm. so I take those those little tidbits and I treasure them deeply, because it's a great way to learn from a church leader about sexuality. Yeah, and I think this is a really interesting point, one of the main points that Jeffrey R. Holland's making here is that um, a lot of times... uh, we as Christians, we look at the body as something negative or inherently evil that's like pulling us away from God. Mm-hmm. Um, but Like the natural man. Yeah. So We're the, always talking about like, well, the natural man is Yeah, the natural God. man or like the, like the, the body, the flesh. And, mm-hmm. and it's like the, the, these words are used a lot in the scriptures and we kind of equate that with our body. But we know from the teachings of Jesus Christ that the body is not evil. We know that we're going to be resurrected into a body mm-hmm. and that when Christ died, he didn't just, you know, come back to, uh, to life as a spirit. He came back as a, with, with a body. He right. appeared to the apostles. He ate fish and honeycomb. He let people feel the, the wounds in his hands and in his feet and in his side. Um, and so we see that a body is, it's not inherently evil like a lot of people see it. Yeah. And so like these these powers that God has given us in our bodies are, then we can understand them to be good and really important to our identity and not just like a, a passing thing that he happened to, you know, it wasn't like an afterthought that he like slapped this like power on all of us. Like that was part of the, it was an intentional part of creating bodies. Uh-huh. It's a gift that we have. I think, mm-hmm. I think if we think about our bodies being a gift, more than we think of them being evil, then we will really understand the potential we have, yeah. and the strength that we mm-hmm. have. Right, because the body's a temple. Yeah. Like Paul says. Sorry, we cut no, you off. No, stop. Time, no, you're good. I was gonna just add on to that and say one of my good friends and mentors, Tammy Hill, she always says, "I imagine that when I die and I meet God, one of the first questions He's gonna ask me is, how did you enjoy your body?'" 
Mm-hmm. That's <laughs> interesting. Because we we fought for our bodies. We we wanted bodies, you know, mm-hmm. and and here we are and we get to use them and are we enjoying them? Mm-hmm. Like it's part of why we're here in mortality to right. have a body and to enjoy that. Yeah. And we love our Makes bodies. me want to be more grateful for my body, like yeah. instead of bashing it all the time or like you know, thinking I think women mostly think about them their bodies as like um imperfect vehicles. Imperfect, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like just beating ourselves up yeah. about stuff like that. When you said that, I was thinking of like when a parent like gives a child like the keys to the car and tells them like go have like go fun go have fun for a night, and like when the parent or when the kid gets back, the parent doesn't say like oh sorry like there was a scratch in that car or like talking like oh yeah like that like the, the gas mileage is awful like the car is a terrible thing it's a horrible thing like he understands like the car was a conduit to like let them go and have fun and do these hmm. these good things. So I like I like that question. Like, what yeah. are you? I love what that question. What are you question. gonna do with your body? Like, I did totally you, did love you enjoy that. it? Did you have fun? <laughs> did you have fun? Did you do all the things that you wanted to do? Like, sexuality was given to us by God so that we could enjoy our bodies mm-hmm. in an even greater capacity, and be more like Him and experience a bit, mm-hmm. just a bit of what He experiences. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And to me, that's wow. just the most beautiful concept. That's pretty cool. I like that. Love mm-hmm. from God, because even when you think about our bodies, like the male and female bodies, and how they were created, and how like intricate and complementary male and female bodies are, like the reproductive system and even genitalia, like it's so beautifully perfect. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I think this is one really cool aspect about christianity about the gospel of jesus christ where we we understand and this is something that just departs drastically from the understanding of the world where we understand that like a female spirit and a male spirit are inherently different like the lord made us different and it's not just our bodies that are different like our our characteristics and our tendencies and our strengths and um and again in this the same book that we quoted earlier by jeffrey r holland he talks about how uh only since we're different and we each like male spirits and female spirits have different strengths and weaknesses Uh, and the only time that those spirits or those souls are made fully whole is when they are when they are completely unified and like the symbol of that perfect unification is sex is like sexual like sexuality Mm -hmm. and so like that even like those physical like, like it's interesting that the lord used I mean, that there's, like, such a clear, uh, like, puzzle-like connection between, like, men and women, right? Um, I can't because, believe you just said puzzle. Like, puzzle. Well, I was, like, trying to think of how to say it without yeah. getting too uh, graphic. So there's, like, a puzzle-like nature to it. Mm-hmm. And that physical puzzle-likeness is just symbolic of the deeper spiritual puzzle-like nature of our, of our spirits. Yeah. Now Emily is bright red. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> oh yeah. This needs to not be such a taboo topic. Yeah. So I need to just man up and or, not blush. Or woman. <laughs> woman up. Woman up would be better. <laughs> I don't want you to man up. Really <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Yeah. 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 It can be like such a difficult topic to talk about. Like, so just say say the words mm-hmm. often. You know. Yeah. Like. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's just so important. It's so beautiful and it's so good. And after talking about all these good things that we just talked about, like, imagine if you had learned that when you were younger. Mm-hmm. Like, how would your mentality of sex have been different? So different. I don't know. Yeah. We, we read a really great book 
when we were dating or when we were engaged what was it oh uh, yes uh and they were not ashamed oh yes did you read that that is a really good one. it she, was really good laura brotherson I yes say. i think so she's amazing yeah that was a really good one for us because basically everything that we've said came from that book yeah yeah I mean, pretty much i mean it was an awesome book so we again we'll put that in the show notes yes mm-hmm. do it another good one she's fantastic yeah. and there there's just so many negative voices out there i mean like a lot of the christian voices we hear about sex are talking about it in a in a negative way they're talking about the negative aspects of sexuality mm-hmm. but then in the world there are a lot of like positive voices about sex but they're like selling like like they're positive about selling like, a kind of twisted version of yeah, sexuality. Yeah, it's not God's way of sexuality. Right. And so, like, how... I think the next generation, I mean, us now, but especially the next generation, really needs powerful, positive, loud voices of, that approach sexuality in a positive, God-centered way. And do do so openly. Uh, because they're going to be... They're going to be come into contact with so many negative things, both like negative from or negative interactions from like Christian leaders or from Christians, and then also like negative interactions from the world that that kind of like portray like a, a, a twisted sense of sexuality. And so we as Christians, as believers, have a huge responsibility to kind of be the advocates, to be like the light on the sex hill. Right. <laughs> yes, I love that. I need that framed on my That's wall. So funny. Yeah, <laughs> I need a print of that. Can okay. you get a print yeah. of that? Okay. Okay. <laughs> be the light on the sex hill, or be the sex light on the hill. Be no, light be the, the light on the sex hill. That better. Okay. I love it. Yeah. yeah. No. Going forward, like what we have to do to to change and to be that light on the sex hill. I love that so much. <laughs> um, is it kind of starts with us, and so we talked about this a little bit, but just being able to talk about sex mm-hmm. and talk about sex with your partner like you would talk about what's for dinner. Like, you should be that comfortable talking right. about sex. Yeah. yeah, I think that was something that was harder for me, at least. I think both of us. Was it both of us? No. I remember. It was you. That I was yeah. qualmy about it because we didn't know, like, what was appropriate or what was, like, expected. And I don't just mean, like, the first time, but I mean, like, now this we have, like, this new sexual relationship or sexual life, mm-hmm. and I didn't really know what to do with it, or how to feel about it. So, like, what are some things that, some questions we can ask ourselves, or are, yeah, for sure. when we're talking to our spouse? Um, when you're talking to your spouse about different sexual practices, or if one of you wants to introduce something new, there's four really great questions that Dr. Dean Busby and Jason Carroll mm-hmm. um, talk about in one of their books, uh, Sexual Wholeness in Marriage. Also mm-hmm. a really, really great book. Also okay. be in the show notes. Also be in the show notes. <laughs> okay. um, these four questions are, one, does this strengthen our relationship with God? Because okay. first, you know, yeah. it's, it's how can we please God and be one with Him? Number two, does this strengthen our relationship with each other? Because it's a it's a partner thing. Mm-hmm. Um, number three is do we agree on this aspect of sexuality? Once again, goes with that partner thing. You shouldn't be doing things that one of you doesn't want to do. Right. Um, you should be in it together because sex is a bonding experience right. where you can come together and become one. And then number four is does this nurture our sexual needs? Okay. Because that's also something really important to to consider. Yeah. And so when you ask these questions, if all of all four of them, the answer is yes from both of you, you're in the clear. But if any of them are no, mm-hmm. then you need to walk away. Right. You need to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You need to work through it. 
and reconsider what to do because in sex it's not a selfish thing it's not just for one person it's for two mm-hmm. people and that's part of what makes it so beautiful and so bonding yeah thank you so much yeah. for sharing all of your wisdom and your thoughts <laughs> and all the things yeah, you're welcome yeah just you kind anything of, else you want to add him um I just think something that we've done that's like helped us a lot kind of like apply these questions because mm-hmm. those are a lot of questions like uh, applying sexuality or like uh, you know having sex in a healthy God-centered way kind of takes a lot of work and a lot of attention a lot of time because it's not just you know it's not just like the actual act of having sex it's like it's a much more expansive thing like sexuality mm-hmm. needs to be part of who you are and mm-hmm. not just like a thing that you do every now and again mm-hmm. Um, or frequently, depending on how lucky you are. Um, okay. But, <laughs> um, but like one thing that Emily and I did uh, is like we like I can't remember how long ago we started this, but we said like sex is going to be our favorite hobby, and so it's gonna be something like we oh, talk about with each other, and like yeah. we we like it's like something we kind of like a focus of our relationship, and mm-hmm. so it wouldn't just be like this thing that happened. Right. And that's I think it's helped us a lot kind of explore these these four questions definitely and it's helped us to like strengthen our it's funny because the more you focus on like the godly sex you're able to strengthen the other aspects of your marriage too Mm -hmm. it's like all like culminating yeah so i feel like we've grown closer and stronger together in other areas Mm -hmm. because of our like focus this i feel like it was like a 2019 thing like after we had ruth we're like okay we need to focus on our sexual relationship. Yeah. Yeah. Because kids make it deal- difficult. Oh, yeah. Pregnancy is just a rough yeah. one. Yep. I think this is a this is a good start. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, definitely a good start. This in. is like <laughs> yeah. surface level, but Godly Sexuality so 101. <laughs> yeah. Pre-101. Uh, yeah, and like I said, we kind of cover, we lightly covered a whole bunch of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you want to delve in really deep, I don't see us doing a whole lot of like sex episodes. I mean, we might if there's a lot of requests for it. Yeah. Um, but highly recommend all the books that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. They go into really thorough, awesome detail, and they have tips on, on, uh, like what to do if you're just if you're just getting married, or if you've been married for some time, mm-hmm. or if you are like teaching your kids, and um, and so they. And they also help you kind of gain, like, a doctrinal understanding of sexuality, which is something I felt like I was missing. Like, I knew what was not appropriate and what was mm-hmm. appropriate, uh, but I didn't know why things were, like, appropriate and not appropriate, like, doctrinally, if that mm-hmm. makes sense, when I was growing up. Yeah. And I think that was the biggest thing, looking back, that I wish had been different. Like, I wish I had known doctrine, like, had a better doctrinal understanding of why uh, because now I see it clearly, but as a kid, I didn't. Right. Um, yeah. So takeaways, hon. What are your big takeaways? Okay, so I have two. One is that I would like to be more grateful for my body because it truly is a gift from God. And he gave it to us because we wanted it and we need to take care of it and be happy in it and to really like enjoy it. And I hope that when he does, if he does ask me after my life, did you enjoy your body? Like, how was it? I want to be able to say, like, it rocked. Like, it was awesome. I had a heck of a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, second. Okay, so I don't remember, but I know there's a second one, and I will remember eventually. Okay. And I'll go back and listen to this episode <laughs> several times. <laughs> well, I think um, my big one that I really liked was this 
uh, idea that we need to be a light on the sex hill. You know, like mm-hmm. there are so many bad voices out there, and there are so there are also a lot of good voices that are only talking about the negative aspects mm-hmm. of sex. And but so I remember. Sorry. Okay, Emily's going to interrupt <laughs> now with no. with her. No, like I think it's do. shared. Okay, go ahead. I'm pretty sure this is what you're going to say. Let's see if I'm right. Go ahead. The five positive to every negative. No. But okay. That well, was that was also mine. one of them. Yeah. That was mine. I thought that was really interesting, and in that um, I want to make sure that as our family is growing and our kids are getting older, I want to make sure to continue to. I guess I haven't really started yet. So to start and then continue to implement a five positive to everyone negative. Yeah. I mean, we kind of started with, with, like, with the kids. We started explaining oh, like, the difference between like, like a boy boys, and a girl. Like boys and yeah, Hiram's, and... <laughs> even today, I'm, okay, so he's three, but I leave the bathroom door open when I go to the bathroom. <gasps> and he comes in and he's like, Mom, boys have penises. And I was like, yeah, yep. <laughs> like, baby, he's like, you don't have a penis. Nope. Baby girl doesn't have a penis. Nope. Papas have penises. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it's just like, it's really cute and endearing. And he knows like, to him, it's not this dirty thing, you know? And it's sad that someday right. he's going to see human sexuality as like yeah. but a I think, negative I think we thing. have a big role in that. Like, yeah. he doesn't see it as a dirty thing right now. One, because he's a child. A child, yeah. Two, but because we don't talk about it as a dirty thing with him. Right. Like when we talk about it, we use like... We use words and like, and then we like we're very straightforward about it, and we don't awk- we don't act awkward. Like I think for the vast mm-hmm. majority of the times, when you are like when you think a situation is awkward, it's because you made it awkward. Like it's not like topics are inherently awkward. It's usually right. because you have made something awkward. So like maybe not responding in an awkward okay. manner. So back to me. Sorry, I am so Story, sorry. Focus Story back on me. Story of Andrew's life. I always. Uh, yeah, so just being the light on the sex house, like being the po- positive voices, um, not just for your kids, but in your church communities, um, in your communities in general, just being, you know, you kind of want, I, I, I think this is a good goal that I want to have, like be known as the, the person who talks about sex in a godly, <laughs> positive way, because like yeah. there are a lot of people who don't talk about it in a positive way among you know believing communities. Mm-hmm. And so, if you just bring it up a couple times and like you're not shy about it and you just kind of say it, like people are going to remember you as like, oh, like that's like the godly sex guy, so, the godly sex guru. <laughs> yeah, and so like if you are actively you know engaged in that i mm-hmm. think people will see you in that light and they will be more willing to reach out to you yeah and to like kind of see you as like a a guru in that sense and mm-hmm. be willing to ask for help yeah. and so that's my biggest takeaway and then also uh, the the five to one like five which is five positive interactions about sexuality and one negative in, to every negative interaction and by negative i'm assuming we're meaning talking about like pornography like saying pornography is yeah. bad or saying oh we should abstain from sex before yes, marriage it's all the no's like don't do this don't do that it's negative yeah okay. so five positives to like five positive interactions to every like action like prohibiting something or mm-hmm. interaction talking about like the negatives of something yeah. Which I think is kind of goes along with the being a light on the sex hill thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Cool. Well, Haley's been sharing a lot about this on her Instagram, so please go follow her. Can you give us your Instagram handle? Yes, it's O, so like O-H dot Weller. And I just put it together a couple weeks ago that it's Orion <laughs> Haley Weller. Yes. I just thought I was like, oh, Weller. Like, I don't know. But yes, it is. my husband's like name is Orion, like an O, and then I'm Haley, like an H. So you put it together, it's like O Weller, but it's yeah. also like O Well, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's like it's so cute, double yeah. cuteness. Yeah. Very, very creative. Yep. So go ahead, give her a follow. 
Yeah. Um, um, ask her any questions too. She loves to answer questions. I love yeah. to answer questions yeah. about sexuality. Yep. yep. And we'd love to hear your feedback about this episode. If it's something that you want us to talk about more, we can possibly make that happen. Yeah. Just let us know. I mean, because we're, we're very open to kind of building our content off of what you guys and gals want and mm-hmm. find helpful. Yep. We're putting together a few episodes right now that um, reflect listener questions and suggestions. So. Yep, yeah, so. we'd love to hear from you. Please leave us a review and subscribe and rate and all the good things. Uh, make sure to follow us on Instagram at Outpost of Heaven. Um, that's where we do all of our engagement and um, kind of gauge what you guys are interested yep. in. So if you're interested in hearing from a certain guest or about a, a certain topic, feel free to reach out to us, and we will honestly try our best to make that happen. We're very open to yeah. doing that. Kind we've... Of we've um, on Instagram a couple months ago, we put out like a, a little question box thing, like, who do you guys want to hear from? Who should be our guests? And we got a few good um, responses, and we contacted some of them. Uh, we got some no's, and we got some yeses, so, you know. <laughs> <laughs> kind of the name of the game. Yeah, you win some, you lose some. Yep. yep. All right. Well, you guys have a good one. Okay, bye. Keep the faith. <laughs>